Sons of Men, and turn there with me. Just one verse today, actually. Chapter 6, verse 1. On that night, the king could not sleep, and he gave orders to bring the book of Numbers of Eve. The chronicles were never read because of Numbers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for your day. reminding us once again, I, I've done this maybe a handful of times throughout the course of the months that we've spent in the book of Esther. But again, as I'm continually struck by the, the, the purpose of the text as we look at the story of Esther by Providence, I really wish to keep in mind the definition of Providence. Again, because we're studying a book in the Old Testament that has everything to do foundationally with the people of God understanding the doctrine of providence. Evangelicals, generally speaking, a few of us who are, are reformed would understand this, and, and non-reformed folks would also understand this, because it tends to be amongst evangelicals that all of us would agree to the, to the idea, anyway, at least in the abstract, that God is sovereign. Uh, there's just too much overwhelming evidence to any faithful, believing, uh, Bible-believing individual if you read the Bible and, and, and grasp it all, at all, you see that God is indeed absolutely sovereign. Now, we may equivocate over absolutely, we may equivocate over who's definition of sovereign and what it does. Then, so we're at that level of God is sovereign. Absolutely, praise the Lord. And we go, yes, and by that sovereignty, he implements it immediately in providence. And then we begin to kind of find different pathways forward. Providence is where God's sovereignty is on display in every bit of the major movements of history down to the minutia of your everyday experience. I want to give you a faithful summary of Scripture's teachings regarding providence by offering you the definition of providence in the Western Confession Again, so that it will arm us to be able to appreciate the beauty of this doctrine as it is unveiled to us through the pages of Esther. The Western Confession of Faith, we define providence as God's most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing all of his creatures and all of their actions. Again, why is this so important that we grasp every day God is controlling every bit of my life in his glorious, most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing of my life and all of my actions? Because the other option is to believe in law. To believe in hands. The Christians believe in God. We believe in no way 
in chance, luck, karma, and we don't read horoscopes. It was tongue-in-cheek last night that we had the TV on for a moment, uh, and there's a program locally here regarding sports, and it's called Fanatic, and it just shows local people who have nearly lost their minds in decorating their home, thinking and uh, for, for their team. And it's interesting to see, you know, what, what the, the man cave concept was like for a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and whatnot. Um, and the way they opened the program uh, was, was talking about, you know, can he take it, the big news, he's going to be the man of the future, or where are we going to go, we're going to win another game, and all this kind of stuff. They opened it because I think this is such a Halloween theme, but they opened it by going to a local horoscope uh, 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 person, a person who would read the horoscope for them. Um, and they opened it by that woman being there and saying, oh, God, how's that going? And then, and then she read the tarot cards to them regarding the budget of the year that they were talking about. Um, and, and again, uh, uh, one of my children says, is this thing new? I thought they looked a lot different than that. Um, because she didn't have like a wizard hat on and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, no, it's pretty standard. It's folks actually believe in the reading the stars. allow the ambiguity of chance to also be a part of their When we have been given the Holy Scriptures to see the robust doctrine of power and providence, we, we don't hold on dudes in the sense of chance and luck and karma. We believe in God and we believe in His active governance of all of His creatures and all of their actions. Doctrine of providence. Again, of outside sovereignty, but active in providence. Let this doctrine haunt our time seriously as we feel grace and privilege in the spirit of this One minister speaking on the doctrine of providence reminds us this way. He says, quote, wherever we delivering the right 
punishing good. Notice where we left off as we segue our way into this morning's theme that emerges. But I want to draw your attention to God's delivering of the righteous and the punishment of the wicked. You recall, beginning in 5.13, all of this, as Naaman recalls, all of his wealth, he, he, he just, again, can't get out of his own way. None of this. The sun, the money, the riches, the exclusive banquet, none of it, verse 13, is worth anything to me. So long as I keep Mordecai the Jew from being cast in prison. I hope for you also just to battle, again, historically between the Jews and the Edomites, who would maintain the rest. And that will be repeated throughout the rest of the narrative going forward in Naaman's reign. So then his wife and his friends pick up uh, his wife and suggest, well, it's fine. And if you don't need to be so wrapped up over, over Mordecai, we'll just kill him. This seems to be pleasing to, to Haman because, yeah, that's the way forward. Let, and so notice the activity uh, of the night where it begins, verse 14, his wife dragged all his friends said, well, he went to Gallows with him. This Jewish translating uh, into Greek speech. The point of the fight, again, is so that, uh, that, that, that it will be obvious, there will be, dis- be a display of Mordecai the Jew. As everybody walks by in the streets of uh, some city castle or wherever it is, that they can find this other than Gallows the Hill, they will see this display. So the splendor of it is appealing to him. Um, then after he comes, but uh, notice one more piece that I've got in verse 14. Again, tell the king to have it.
gave the orders uh, to bring the book of memorable deeds, the prodigal, so they were ready before the king. And it was a profound ruling. Uh, Mordecai had told Barbicca and Sarek, two of the king's eunuchs, to guard the threshold. They sought to lay hands on King Esther and his house. There are three what we say from the standpoint of the text if you're reading it from people in the theater of the story. There are three camp occurrences happening here within the text. And these camp occurrences or random acts in time of which people have to do to worship and God delivering his people continue to actually be happening at that down to the very moment of the All of these people, and they all 
you just could have guessed any number of them. Uh, Matt Pryor would be one of them. Uh, Kings would come from the East. Oracle and Chronicles of what the kingdom of envy and greed and all that happened to them. Yet out of all these, the night in which Mordecai's murder signaled by by Haman, simultaneously the king is being reminded of Mordecai's murder. Think of the power and the power of that night. Haman will be dead, very soon. Mordecai will be killed, murder will be burned. But there's just a side note in this evening that comes as a fundamental the orders to bring the book of Remembrable Deeds and the Chronicles and they were read before the king and the plan was interrupted in the power of Messiah Mordecai with the eternal authority One author makes mention of the power of God and here as we see these statues and gold because here in Esther we see that God is present among his people even when he I'd like to see if we have similar examples from across the nation of people with the power of the Spirit of God motivating our lives. The events in life occur in the last 66 and the last 200 years. We all have that, particularly in the days of Jesus. We believe this God, God is hard to Experience these kinds of 
world's truth. It is somewhat paralyzing, or at least it certainly affects me, when I hear the word correct.
for look at your verse before you. Very, very carefully. Existence 